Welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. So without further ado, let's get going. Welcome everyone. Good afternoon. Happy Monday. Um, hopefully Monday is being good to you as it is to us. I'm joined by Susie today from Beautiful Grooming, Pet Grooming in Sidcup in Kent. Welcome, Susie. Hi. This isn't a, it's a unscheduled live, I suppose. We're going to be a podcast eventually, but um, you kindly agreed to have it shared across the uh, across the group as well. <laughs> it's a first for for some people, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, all you can see is me, so that's all right. So. Susie was uh you were really keen weren't you to um come on and talk to us all about your experience of um hiring an apprentice and um sort of talk through the whole journey that you've taken with hiring an apprentice because you've just hired one um so it'd be really interesting for all the other podcast listeners and the viewers of this to uh to listen to your journey if they're considering taking on an apprentice or maybe um, looking to hire someone in the future. And we'll talk about your uh, the highs and lows, but it's mainly highs, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. So, but maybe before we start, perhaps you can just um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, how did you get into grooming? When did you get into pet grooming? And uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Uh... I was made redundant working with blind and autistic teenagers. Um, I took a year off and uh, the local dog walker of the village broke her ankle. So I was asked to walk commuters dogs. Eventually I found out that winter chest infections and walking dogs didn't really work, but I really, really enjoyed the dogs. So I started looking around at courses, um, found absolutely animals in Lee Green with Heidi and uh, I did a intensive course there and in my local area which was Tunbridge Wells at the time there's uh, Haglow College very close by Mm -hmm. I googled how many dog groomers there were in 10 miles surrounding area and just thought it's never going to work here there's too many of them Um, And a young groomer had a small salon in Sidcup and after 18 months decided she wasn't getting a life. Um, And so I took over. So I've been going nearly seven and a half years now, mainly solo. So, yeah, that's me. Did you live in Sidcup or did you move to then open up in Sidcup? I moved up to Sidcup. I commuted for a couple of months. From Tunbridge Wells, which was pretty hardcore. Um, But I've lived in Taiwan for a year teaching English. So to move from one side of Kent to the other side really wasn't that dramatic for me. Yeah, cool. So you relocated yourself so that you could work from the salon. And did you you buy the salon or just take over the rent or? Uh, Took over the rent. Um, Obviously, there was a customer list, et cetera, secondhand equipment. So, and she was only going 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I asked to see her account, she gave me 18 months worth of diary. Right, okay. <laughs> so I had to obviously work all that out. And then, um, yeah, she she didn't get the high asking price she was asking for. 
um, purely because she'd been going 18 months, couldn't show me what she was taking um, fully. And I couldn't guarantee the customers were going to stay with me as a new groomer. Yeah, yeah. And what was it like just like stepping into this shop? Was it good? Uh, a little bit of custom behind you or was it? Yeah, it, it was brilliant because obviously the customer cards were there. Um, also the styles, because she was very good at keeping it up to date with her record cards. Mm-hmm. I had a heads up on, on the, the styling already. Um, I did lose a lot of customers to begin with. I'm by no means a Bichon expert and there were a lot of Bichons on the book. The books and um, I didn't do anal glands and hadn't been taught how to do anal glands so I lost a lot of custom from that and I think that the handover wasn't brilliant um, so a lot of customers were very upset because she didn't stay as long as I thought she would for the handover. Okay and did you change the name or what did you? I didn't change the name um, I put the, the pet grooming on the end of it, yeah. Um, but I just kept the same telephone number, kept the same name, um, and you know, seven and a half years later, I I've kept quite a few of her customers, but I've obviously gained new customers in my own right. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about um, obviously you're you're grooming on your own once that lady had left. How did you find grooming on your own, and what what sort of um, spurred you on to take on people? Um, initially I was meant to go in with someone else, um, but it, that didn't work out and I won't go into that. Um, but I ended up on my own when I didn't think I was going to be on my own. So that was quite daunting. Um, customer's daughter had worked as a bathing assistant for another groomers a few years before. So she came on board. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was obviously to begin with that those extra wages, um, you know, you just can't justify right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so over the years, I have had um, zero-hour contracts, seasonal staff. Right. Um, and the last quite successful one was a, a, a young lady who um, had worked in kennels for four years, made redundant from COVID uh, lockdowns, mm-hmm. but had already completed her level two dog grooming assistant and wanted obviously to gain more experience but I wasn't at the stage to commit to a 40-hour week you know holidays 50 52 weeks of the year so she found a full-time job as a vet's assistant um, and we left on good terms I've said my door's always open if she wants to come back and and you know get a little bit more experience um, but it was just at that time I won your free business coaching yeah. um, for a month and I was pulling my hair out about whether to get an apprentice, close my books, um, have a nervous breakdown, you know, <laughs> I wasn't quite sure. So, so tell me about um, that commitment thing you know with with the lady you you said you weren't quite ready to commit to that full time was there was there fear behind the the money or was there fear behind the having responsibility for someone else I'd be really interested to I I think a bit of both really I mean zero hours contract and I've worked zero hours contract as a carer before 
Um, obviously, you don't know what you're doing each week, but mm-hmm. as a business owner, 75% of my customers, I still can't get to pre-book. Right. They're, they're starting to because obviously they want that Christmas groom. So I've been trying to encourage that. But a lot of my customers are self-employed or, you know, they're working from home, but they have Zoom meetings mm-hmm. um, that are last minute as well. And I've got quite a few customers with elderly dogs. So during a heat wave, I'll maybe come in at eight o'clock in the morning for a regular customer with an elderly dog that doesn't know whether to pre-book or not for obvious sad reasons. So, um, so yeah, zero hours contract works, but I understand both sides of that contract. Um, But then obviously then that's a holiday commitment you having to pay. Um, Now, even if you employ one employee, once they're over a certain financial earnings and they're over 25, you have to at least offer the pension. Yeah. Um, You know, they can say, no, thank you. But if they say, yes, please, legally, you have to do it even with one employee, which is very daunting for a small business. Um, so, yeah, I mean, is it is it so does it boil down to the financials in that respect or was it more the the, the doing? It's just interesting because there's going to be a lot of people listening and watching that have never been an employer before. And it's always interesting to find out whether it's actually the financial side of things or whether it's the the government have made the paperwork side of things like really intimidating and you know the 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 pensions um sign up and paye and all that sort of stuff yeah i mean i was already registered paye um so that wasn't an issue um I think, you know, the financials, sometimes I, I can look sort of like two weeks ahead and I've got maybe five or six bookings. Mm-hmm. But come Monday, which happens to be my day off, <laughs> I have so many phone calls that, you know, by the end of Monday, I'm fully booked for that week yeah. and the week after. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a, a bit of both, but I'd say... I've got to be quite firm with my new customers and, and get them to pre-book um, just so that I know what I'm doing. You know? Yeah, and it, it takes that fear away, doesn't it, from the, looking at the diary and knowing that you've got uh, an amount of money there already going forwards, you know, and um, what we could do as a groomers is we could start looking at taking deposits from new customers because that helps with our cash flow and it helps getting the, getting the making sure there's commitment there as well. So that's another thing that we could be looking yeah. at. But yeah, I totally get that. It's that responsibility, isn't it, for another person? And, and as your uh, employees start getting mortgages, like ours have, <laughs> you know, and they start having children, you know, sometimes you can feel that little bit of pressure just starting to sort of pile on your shoulders a little bit. But yeah. hopefully, by the time you have an employee that's well embedded and in, established into your business, your your business has grown substantially well enough to be able to handle all the the extra pressures that you've got got going on. But yeah. So, the lady um, obviously went off and, and got herself um, full-time employment and, you know, that's fine. We 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 welcome that, don't we? And we're positive for them and make sure that they, there's no hard feelings, which is really nice. But there was obviously that that need for someone else within your business. So I think you recognise that you're going to miss 
that extra yeah, pound. Yeah, completely, completely. <laughs> Sorry, it's all right. One of my housemates has just popped in. Um, yes, you know, it's yes. It we, you know, it was left on on good terms, and I've said stay in contact, and you know, don't be a stranger. But then the daunting, you know, the, the daunting side of it, I was extremely busy in August with new customers. Um, I was, I worked way too much, to be honest, to try and fit everyone in and did too much. I had a week off the end of August. And to be honest, it took me a week to recover from what I was pushing myself to do on my own. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, also, I was trying to recruit at the same time as well. So I started to get this panic. How am I going to cope at Christmas on my own? And I think that panic and that urgency took over. And I remember chatting to you one of the weeks and you just said, don't rush it, get the right person. Yes, definitely. And I think there'll be a lot of people saying, like not shaking their heads and nodding along to this going, Bloody hell, yeah. The Christmas rush is very uh, scary at times. I mean, we've had loads and loads of dogs in. It's every hand to the pump. But when you're on your own, I mean, that must the pressure that the customers put on you is, yeah. is immense, isn't it? And yeah. I think you kind of demonstrated in August that you were doing it not financially for yourself, but you were doing it because of the pressure you felt you had to do it for your customers, especially as, as I believe it was a hot, hot summer as well, wasn't it? So yeah. So what made you think apprentice rather than groomer? Um, realistically, paying a wage, obviously having someone saying they can't do zero. I, I was offering 25 to 30 hours a week by the end, but I couldn't guarantee it every week at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and then with pensions and everything else, financially, Taking on an apprentice, I felt, would work better. Um, and obviously, it was around that time that Glynis and um, Nicola yep. had the podcast with you. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just reassuring to actually see faces of the training providers. And, you know, to be honest, once I looked into it, um, it just seemed the right fit for me because then I could maybe get someone to mould into the way my small salon works. Mm -hmm. um, and let's face it, the incentive was quite nice as well. So it means I can maybe pay for a cat grooming in, you know, induction, or I can pay for us to go to crafts. You know, there's, there's certain things um, <clears throat> that the incentive did mean that I could buy another stool so that, you know, I, I have sciatica problems. I have to sit half the time. Yeah. Um, but, there's, you know, the incentive is there for that apprentice, whether it covers her wages or whether it covers extras. Um, and it just made sense to me. And where I've worked um, teaching life skills and being advocates for young people, um, in the past, it just fit with me to be able to give a young person a chance to, you know, train um, what I used to know as the youth training scheme, which is now the apprenticeship. 
Yeah, so I'll give um, our listeners a very quick rundown of Apprentice. Um, so an Apprentice now is, is any age from sort of 16 upwards. There's no sort of age limit on it. They can be um, predominantly, it's best to have them as full-time, I'd say. So like upwards of 30 hours. They're paid £4.30 an hour, but that is going up in April, next April. So they're paid £4.30 an hour. You are responsible for that um, wage and you pay them that wage monthly or weekly, whatever you decide. And you kind of um, agree to give them employment, don't you, for 12 months whilst they do their vocational training as well. And in return, the government will pay for that training. Um, so the dog grooming training course is £5,000 and the government put their hands in their pocket and uh, pay for that for you. And at the moment, um, and when you enrolled your apprentice, there was a £3,000 um, thank you very much. Handshake from the government, which you get over. I think it's two instalments, don't you? So, yeah, I missed out on the September. So my apprentice started fifth of October. I can apply for the incentive. I think it's the twentieth, twenty second of January. Well, you're waiting for it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, I, I can cover her wages, but obviously that incentive would just make things. A, a, a lot easier when it comes to buying uniforms and you know stools and maybe a trip down to Tenston to see another grooming environment which I think is month nine or ten that she needs to do so, oh, okay you're lining this one up <laughs> yeah, yeah completely <laughs> see that in the syllabus but the um and in return you you employ a person who um you know is is taking on a qualification but and has a has a structured syllabus to follow, but they're working with you in the salon all the time and you can teach them the syllabus and more. So I think that's why I like the apprentice idea is you can look to recruit someone who can you can take from zero to a little bit of grooming by the end of 12 months, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Completely. So tell oh. talk us talk us through the um the recruitment process for you how did you go about it oh okay i think a few few people watching have probably seen my posts about me pulling my hair out and in a nightmare and answering the phone with people inquiring about the job and you're still trying to groom and answer calls from customers so okay so first of all i decided that um I was going to do an ad social media, so just Facebook. And I thought, okay, put it on my business page. There'll be enough. Um, I probably got about, I paid my niece to do the advert for me because she wasn't working and she's not into dog hair or anything. She's a fashion graduate. Mm -hmm. um, so I got about 15 um, applicants for that via email. Um Unfortunately, most of them had already done level two, right. either dog grooming or animal management or, and, you know, there, there's this grey area where the government won't guarantee funding anyone who's already, you know, more or less studied what we're offering. That's it. I don't think the government are going to pay for them to do the same course again. And when you do sign up your apprentice, quite often they're asked to do like a skills assessment or a knowledge sort of test just to see whether they've got too much knowledge or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, that that 
it's not a test it's more a questionnaire and that took my apprentice and I an hour and a half to go through a very long process very detailed but very long um so yeah I narrowed it down to three that I wanted to interview um and I've never really had to interview before you know Mm -hmm. it's happened that someone's daughter is looking for work and you know managed to do a couple of hours what have you um so recruiting I was fully aware um I've got a business degree but it's more HR and training and development fully aware it had to be equal opportunity couldn't look at their their ages couldn't Mm -hmm. look at their gender but to me if they hadn't mentioned dogs I couldn't include them that was quite an easy one for me um So I chose to do working interviews. However, I quickly learned that perhaps maybe Zoom interviews would have been better because I chose to pay my working interviews. Um, I didn't feel it was fair to get a young person in for two to three hours. And if they weren't offered the job, they can... I know that there may be a disgruntlement that, well, I did all that work and I didn't even get so I chose to pay yeah I believe that's the right thing to do I I can double check that with HR but I believe that is what you should be doing you don't you don't have to okay and I've I've I was um I spoke to Glynis about this and she said it's completely up to me you don't legally have to pay for a working interview but I just felt it was right okay however the three I interviewed um One was allergic to dogs and cats. And I know I had a few comments from people when I posted. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, she was sneezing, had swollen eyes after two hours Mm -hmm. um, because she'd been kissed on the face by uh, a puppy, old English bulldog. Um, One turned up with very long acrylic nails, not just normal acrylic nails. They, They must have been Cruella de Vil's. Um, acrylic nails and she couldn't even hold the puppy Um, and I was worried she was going to poke the puppy's eye out to be honest okay Um, and I think there was a little bit of defensiveness there and I just didn't think that there was going to be a good fit Um, another one lovely girl had experience um a, a few years older than the 16 to 18 year old, but basically told me she couldn't work um, every Saturday and wanted alternate Saturdays off, which would have been 26 weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and wanted to come in on Mondays to make up the hours, but I close Mondays and Saturday's my busiest day. So it didn't fit the business needs. Yeah. Uh, then I panicked and spoke to you um and the government apprenticeship website is really a lot easier to navigate once you get over that big barrier that this is official and gosh what am i signing up to and um the advert opportunity that they give so they'll post your job on their website um, it takes you step by step through each section. Mm-hmm. 
So it will give you examples and it will make you really think about what you want. Um, so uh, in total, over the two recruitments, I had 55 applicants. Wow. How did you, find, how did you feel about that? Uh, a bit overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, now, I'm on the border of South East London, which is literally the border is, I don't know, a five-minute drive away, I'm in London. Mm-hmm. But my salon's in Kent. Um, I'm nowhere near London Bridge, but I had an applicant from London Bridge, central London. Um, I had people from all the Medway towns. Um, just crazy. But some of them didn't even mention dogs. Yeah. In what would you gain from this apprenticeship or why do you want this apprenticeship? And some of them wanted to improve their office skills. Yeah, that's not going to be right, is it? No. So, you know, I was overwhelmed. I did set myself a target of not looking until the evening because mm-hmm. I was full-time working. Um, and then it was a case of dismissing the ones that didn't even mention dogs. Yeah, so you had um, your criteria there, didn't you? Yeah. And, I, you know, as an apprentice, even if you mention you've got a pet dog, that that's something yeah so um i did narrow it down to about about 10 or 12 um and then i decided to do zoom interviews because of covid and everything else and i just felt from doing the working interviews initially i'd find out halfway through this isn't going to work i could have found that out during a zoom meeting um so I scheduled Zoom meetings um, and couple didn't turn up and emailed me saying they'd had a really busy day at work and couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. Well, it, dog grooming's very busy and very hard. And, you know, I, I, I couldn't get out of bed yesterday morning because I'd groomed the big boy on my books. Yeah. Um, so... You know, it was interesting, but it was good because I could get a vibe of people via Zoom and it just narrowed it down a little bit more. Um, what's interesting is the apprentice I actually took on emailed me two hours before her interview mm-hmm. and said that she'd had some bad family news and could she postpone for a week? Uh, after a couple of people not turning up, it it did make me worry. Mm, you know, I'm having to go through all of this and you're wanting to postpone. But, you know, I lost both my parents 16 years ago. So I kind of in my head thought, right, let's give her an opportunity. But I couldn't wait a week. Um, so I just emailed and said I didn't want to pressurise her. Would she consider in three days time a 10 minute chat because a week's time might be too late with the working interviews and she came straight back up and said yes so we did that and um she seemed to be quite a good fit but I was already doing working interviews so it it it, to me it's it's emotionally quite hard because you're obviously getting someone in for a couple of hours and you're connecting with them 
And then you've got to sit back and think, can I work with that person? Yeah. You know, 40, you know, I don't know, 48 weeks of the year. Um, so it's it, it's a difficult one. It really is. When you're on your own, you've got to try and get it as right as possible. Yeah. So we uh, when we hired out um, our apprentice, we went through um, Zoom interviews. And <clears throat> again, we had some um, we had one uh, lady who was very, very shy and very, very quiet and didn't come across very well at all. Um, but actually, um, we we took assistance from a HR advisor, Megan, because again, like you, we're really busy and you just get inundated, flooded with applicants. So we kind of outsourced that part. It was like Megan would just show us people she believed were, were a good fit for us, show us their the CV, and then she'd go away and book in the Zoom interview. So we were quite lucky in that respect that we had that assistance. But she also sat in with the interviews and it creates that barrier and that's a nice sort of barrier. And also, obviously, me and Emma are also working together. So, you know, you got someone to talk to, and I'd take notes whilst Emma was talking. But um, this one particular girl was quite shy, um, and uh, she actually emailed Megan afterwards and said, look, can I have another go at that, please? Because I don't feel as though I came across very well. And, and we, yeah, we we um, obliged that and said, yeah, that's fine. You know, we understand Zoom's quite a new thing for people. Uh, it can be quite nerve-wracking. So we we gave her another interview as well. But with our interview criteria, we were just the same as you. We wanted to we wanted to know that they had some interest in what they were about to do. We wanted to know that they actually knew what they were coming into. Mm. You know, like, tell us about our company. Have you looked at our website? What do you think we do? And things like that. Yeah, I mean that that was. I mean, basically, with the Zoom interviews, it was me giving them a little bit of insight into what days, how many hours, what what dogs I do, blah, 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 a bit about the company. And then one of the first things I would ask is, what do you know about beauty for pet grooming? Now, it was interesting because only two of them could tell me anything. So the others naively hadn't even, you know, I said, oh, have, you know, when the someone said, oh, um, have you seen my Facebook page? Have you seen Instagram? No. So, no exactly. But, you know, on face value, they're 16 to 18, some of the ones I was... So you've got to give a little bit of grace. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And I think we're always going to appreciate that when we're bringing an apprentice into the business, you know, they're not going to be sitting on reception answering the phone straight away. They're not going to be welcoming your customers and taking payments and have that confidence about them. Um, obviously, so there may be some out there, but the apprentices that we've always hired, we've always found not to be of that level yet, you know, and they're they're in there washing and bathing. But we're looking for aptitude and, you know, the ability to work with them and they're turning up on time, good timekeeping, good attitude, you know, smiley, happy and positive because you can teach everything else, can't you? Yeah, completely. Completely. looking at their values yeah so yeah. What, what what stuck out about your your apprentice what um i forgot to say that when um the ones that i was interested in um from the government website i sent a list of questions to 
via email. Mm-hmm. I just thought that would save time. So, you know, it, the questions were some of the ones that you advised me, um, you know, what your three um, greatest strengths, tell me a weakness. Um, the reason why I chose the one I chose um, and all of them actually came back with really good answers to what dog would you be and why? <laughs> Excellent. Because I wanted, it didn't matter what dog they chose, but I wanted to know that they knew something about that breed. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said she'd be a poodle because she had crazy hair and she was intelligent. <laughs> very good. Um, but then it, it it was very much, I'd interviewed others as well. Um and one girl had an interview before the one I took on and she seemed to be quite a good fit. But then it transpired that um, when I asked her how she would get to work, she said it was one bus um, and then actually told me it was going to be three buses and quite a long journey. Um, and obviously duty of care, you know, I'm not judging anyone for living 100 miles away, but can you really get to me? after you know and travel home and we're quite isolated there's only one bus to get to the salon um but after I found that out when I interviewed my apprentice that I've got now it just seemed a better fit and in actual fact she gets my bus to work and I hadn't realized but she I she gets it half an hour later Mm. so um it it just she was just very natural with the dogs. She'd um worked with a dog walker and dog boarder um just to help out in the summer. And she just showed a lot of compassion and empathy um to the dogs and the dog's behavior. And in actual fact, I offered her the job um and she still had an hour to complete on her interview. You just knew it. I just knew it. Mm. Yeah. And so far, it's worked out really well. And so how was um, nerve-wracking offering her the job? Were you worried that she might say no? Or You know what? I got to that point that if she was going to say no, thank you, I was just going to not do big dogs anymore. Just No, I wasn't nervous offering. I... I think there was an inner peace within me. Mm-hmm. I could see how, not desperate, but I could see how passionate she was wanting to do it. Um, and um, I just, well, I decided to offer it to her before she'd even finished the interview. So should have seen her face. It just, the that other hour was just so much fun because she could relax then. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, so yeah. It, it, uh-huh. The look on her face when I offered her the job and when she got her first pay packet was, yeah. You know. It is rewarding, isn't it? It is rewarding employing people and giving people an opportunity. And dog grooming is a skill that you can learn for life and you can take it anywhere, whether they stay with us or with you, whether an apprentice stays with us or with you, 
they they're learning a life skill which they can take and set up another, another business or go into another business so it is rewarding watching them grow as well so and how's the um the process obviously she's signed up for the apprenticeship now how did you find that whole process and how are you how are you supporting her with her portfolio and her apprenticeship because i think people don't always understand what's required from an employer yeah um, we did have to wait it, it it wasn't very clear to begin with so i took caitlin on at the beginning of october uh, <clears throat> and then we had to register her um obviously we went with glynis and nicola because they did the podcast and they actually took time to ring me and go through things with me. Um, and uh, we got the application forms um, that I had to register with them. My apprentice had to register with them. But I think it was quite a daunting. It is a very long process. So in actual fact, Caitlin sat down with me a couple of hours here and there just to give her the confidence to fill them out. Mm -hmm. um, so we missed out on the September. So in we had our inductions last week. Um, and I've been sent through um, the five major modules that she will complete and what months they need to be completed by. Um, as of Saturday, she hadn't been assigned anything, um, but I've given her the option um, that she can either study at home mm -hmm. or she can study in reception because I don't have an office. We share a kitchen with a, a, an estate agent. Um, and she's actually said, unless it's really noisy, she'd like to put her headphones on and do it in reception in case she's got a couple of questions. Um, I have told her that she needs to do the work, but if she doesn't understand anything, and um, if I've, you know, listen, it's been eight years since I trained. So if I've forgotten something, we can Google it together. We can work it out together. But she does the work. But already I'm looking at it. Um, we've got the local dog trainer has popped in to say hi. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a couple of home boarders just up the road. Um, I've got a mobile grooming friend that's going to come and show her the band. So. You know, I'm looking ahead at other things that she needs to look at within those modules as well. So, yeah, it's more support. So I think the 20% off site training, it worked as far as because it's very confusing. But as far as I'm aware and as far as um, Luke, who's our tutor, has said um, it can be online training. It can be where she's, you know, doing the nails or yeah. she's specifically doing something. Um, but it can also be, you know, visiting the wholesalers or networking or, you know, I suppose going to crafts and seeing all the products that are out there, you know. So, or maybe your social media work, you know. Oh, That's absolutely. Oh my goodness, she's amazing at that already. So, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's really all I'm doing is being a supportive role to make sure she's 
at the stages she needs to be at mm-hmm. and what can I do to enrich her learning of that module yeah and and also um by providing that support you are you taking are you taking photos or videos when she's doing things and yeah you know, nudging writing a journal yeah yeah and nudging her like pushing her forward a bit to answer that phone at some point and uh greet the customers and take the payments and she's already learned how to use the sum up excellent <laughs> <laughs> you know because all this is taking that pressure off you isn't it you, yeah. you you've got this person who is there to do all that things that takes your takes you away from doing the grooming the 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 the, the money earning isn't it the, the yeah. final product so you want your apprentice to be doing all those small jobs and the bathing and the prepping so you can concentrate on the final products and uh you know maybe looking at booking a few more in as well and once they get competent with what they're doing then maybe they can start having their own dogs as well so yeah is that the sort of plan that you're you're working towards Oh, completely. I mean, some people might raise their eyebrows, but we had a, a dog that um, gets cut short regularly. So I gave her the clippers and she did a little bit of wet shaving. You know, you know, that was her second week. Only let her do, you know, five minutes, but to get the feel of it and say, listen, you know, down the line, I want you to learn five styles mm. before you finish. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think this is really important that when we take these apprentices on, yes, they've got a set syllabus to follow and they may be signed up for animal care or dog grooming, but, you know, they are a sponge and they can do as much or as little as you allow them to. So if you want them, some some people have got apprentices in now that have been in for like a couple of months and they're showing real aptitude for grooming. And they're away, you know, they might still be yeah, doing yeah. their apprenticeship, but they're grooming. And, and that's the possibility of taking these people on. I think it's very much uh, confidence building as well. You know, Mm. if if the employer is confident enough that, listen, have a go, you know, it's almost like, you know, with a wet shave, you cannot make a mistake if I give you a longer blade. No. I'll watch you and just do the body. Legs are different. You know, but it's very much, I trust you, go for it. I'm not setting you up to fail. Yeah, excellent. And hopefully, you know, come the end of 12 months, she'll be really progressing. So sometimes some of the questions we get asked is, what does an apprentice do? What do they do? Perhaps you can run us through a a typical day in the life of your apprentice and, and what she gets up to, just so that people can understand and perhaps put some questions out there. Okay. Um, okay. So we'll do a Tuesday because Tuesday mm-hmm. is the beginning of the week. Um, first thing Caitlin does is she wipes the chalkboard, which is Monday to Sunday, wipes that clean, gets the diary, writes the appointments on the board. Yeah. Um, and what's really good is while she's doing that, I can discuss what breeds they are. That one's a bite, that one's fearful, aggressive. You're not touching that one at the moment. Or, you know, we've got mum and pup in, so you'll be looking after pup while I wash mum. Um, so that's, I find that's a really good start to the week. It's like your daily briefing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. But it's, you know, it has a function as well. Um, so um, she'll wash and dry the dogs. Um 
She's only been with me five weeks. So she's really good at saying which shampoo am I using? Mm-hmm. Um, she'll dry the dogs. Um, you know, I'm really stuck. She she works really hard. <laughs> um, yeah, so she, dries, she dries the dogs. Obviously, um, she's double checking with me whether it's a fluff up. Yeah. Um, or if it's a silky coat, I sometimes say to her, "How are you going to wash this, dry this dog?" So she'll come back to me and say, um, "No blaster nozzle, finishing dryer on on the face, gently." You know, um, blah blah blah. She's constantly asking what brushes she be, she should be using. Um, she's really good because I'm terrible. So I've got top line dogs software um i've been far too busy to actually get that going so i've shown her how to input so she'll input the new customers she'll schedule the new appointments um brilliant at cleaning (laughs) she's brilliant at cleaning um i've never seen my hoover use so much in my life so um she will make me a coffee but that's only if I'm really busy and often than not, I will offer to make her a drink. I feel that that's an equal part. Oh, definitely. I don't yeah. think any apprentice should be the tea girl no. the whole time. Um, I've also said that um, anything I ask her to do, I've, I'm fully prepared to do myself and have done myself. So if there's poo picking up or cleaning wee, it's whoever gets there first. Yeah. Lead by example. Exactly. Exactly. She, um, I'm introducing her to the customers so -hmm. that she feels included, so that the customers don't wonder who she is. She's brilliant with the dog. She's really good at, um, you know, chatting to the customers, handing over their dogs. And she's in charge of the dog cologne. Oh, okay. So she gets to choose what smell goes on. And that is a really important job, you know. So, yeah, um, social media. So um, we've got on Canva. Um, we had a little bit of a competition with our Dash Down post. She won. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Wednesday afternoons, I've already without her starting the training, let her have Wednesday afternoons off. But I've given her a book to go home and just have a look through. Yeah. Um, you know, so she gets used to that Wednesday afternoon is study time. So Excellent. And you're looking to sort of um, progress on to nails and ear cleaning and stuff like she's that? Had, she's, she's doing ear cleaning already. Right. Um, she's doing the blueberry face facials and getting the eye bogies out safely um she's had to go at a couple of nails but to give her a, a a confidence boost i'm waiting for really long white nails to come yeah. in <laughs> yeah that's something you really need to sort of start yeah, and, a good... a, and a dog that doesn't wriggle which yeah. bless her cotton socks <laughs> we've had a lot of them so i'm just waiting for the well-behaved ones to give her a head start yeah so. definitely definitely so, you know, five weeks in and she's taken a lot of the pressure off you and your time, you know, and it's an investment 
in your in your business and in in yourself and in her isn't it yeah yeah completely and she's i don't know whether she's lucky or whether i just feel i needed to be fair we have sundays and mondays off but half the bank holidays fall on a bank uh, on a monday mm -hmm. so we actually because of my need we have six weeks holiday a year that's your choice um, that's my choice, but we don't work bank holidays anyway, so she doesn't benefit from those days. So mm -hmm. then my other half loves me because I've actually worked out my holidays for the next year. Wow. <laughs> so, which I've had to do, obviously, to let her know when she's off. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think there's something that comes up quite often. Um, people say, you know, I've got an apprentice or I'm looking at an apprentice. Can they work when I'm not there? Well, you know... It's not probably not going to work to start with, is it? Until very late. Not, not with a one-to-one -one groomer. I yeah. mean, obviously, you know, place like yours, if Emma's on holiday, then yeah. you know the apprentice can still be supervised by someone else. Whereas yeah. with me, it just doesn't work. No, and I've had this clarified by um, the our HR advisor, Mega, and she said you you can actually dictate every day of that employees holiday which obviously would probably wouldn't make you the best employer in the world but you can yeah. actually tell them when they'll be taking their holiday your employee and yeah i think obviously i think that was one that i asked um on on the page as well um what i've chosen to do is i've dictated when the holiday is throughout the year but we've got a bank holiday weekend in May, a week in May. Mm -hmm. We've got the end of August and a few other holidays. But I've also said, if you've got a family holiday in July, give me enough notice. It's unpaid, but I will honour you to have that time off. Or, you know, it's just your 18th birthday and you want the weekend off give me enough notice you can have that time off but it's unpaid leave i'm not going to say you've got to take your holiday then i'm sorry you've got to stay at home because mum and dad and the family are going to bahamas in july <laughs> you know that's that's how to make it fairer yeah so um you've done really well you've you've had your patience tried but you've you've kept your cool you've kept your head you know, and you've you've remained true to your values and you've hired someone who hopefully um, is in line with your values. Skills we can always teach, but yeah. values are very hard to, um, to, to break or to teach. So that's really good that you've done that. What would be your, if you were talking to someone um, in, in the cafe and they say, I'm thinking about hiring an apprentice, what would your top, top tips be? Oh, interesting one. Um... Definitely advertise on the government website mm -hmm. because there's an awful lot of, and not just young people, I had 45 and 55-year-olds apply as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people looking on that website for apprenticeships in their area. Um, being that it's a dog grooming one, it's brand new, and a lot of people don't even know it's out there. Mm -hmm. um, I would say don't rush it. Don't get stressed and lose, your, and lose your head and then ring bills, start crying down the phone. Um, 
Zoom interview and send questions via email, then working interview. And don't just pick the best of the bunch if it's not going to sit well with you. Yeah. You know, and don't rush it. If you don't get the right person the first time round, advertise again. Yeah, I think that's really important because you're going to be spending eight day, eight hours a day, you know, four days a week with this person. They're going to be in your business, your 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 baby, you know, your your pride and joy. You work really hard to establish and build, and it's really important that they're, again that they've got the same sort of coming from the same page as you and the same values and yeah as yourself, aren't they? Oh, completely. And just give it a go. Give a young person a chance. There's so many of um, so many of the youngsters now don't want to do sixth form or they didn't do well um, under COVID circumstances and missed, you know, the marks for maths and English. Um, let's face it, the maths and English, I can correct a social media spelling mistake before it goes out. Mm-hmm. They don't, you know, you don't need maths and English nines, which I've learned now are A stars. Yeah. Um, but a lot of youngsters have suffered with the online schooling. Um, and a lot of them don't want to go to college or sixth form. They want to go out and they want to start training on the job. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think talking about qualifications, I don't think we've we've ever really looked Although we've asked for CVs, I don't think we've ever really looked at qualifications um, for people. So, you know, it's, these are skills that we're going to be teaching our, our apprentices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if an apprentice does come to you with basic um, maths and English, they are assessed and they, they are given training by the apprenticeship provider. It's a 12-week course. And mm-hmm. if you sign up with Nikki and um, Nicola and Glynis, they actually have a... a Luke was saying that they have an English tutor mm-hmm. that does classes on a Monday afternoon or that, you know, the apprentice can tap in. So I assume they've got a maths tutor as well. So they're not just left on their own to try and do it. Um, and it's a 12-week course. So, you know, happy days to get those fun- functional skills. That's it. Well... It's been really nice of you to join us today and go through your experience. Hopefully uh, other people will take some value from it and uh, maybe learn from it or get some uh, confidence and remove some of the fear of taking on an apprentice themselves. I'm a true believer in the apprenticeship um, system. It's a really good way of getting extra pair of hands into your business um, at a lower cost. Yeah. um, But also giving business value as well yeah no completely you've frozen you're still there Bill (laughs) (laughs) you there I'm still here (laughs) you know I said to you before um we we started recording it's not that I'm any bit better than anyone else and the reason why I chose to come on here today is I obviously posted my dilemmas and, you know, in recruiting on the page. And I had quite a few other groomers 
private message me and just say, you know, how are you doing it? We're having a nightmare recruiting. Um, so I just felt that obviously with new groomers that might be overwhelmed and busy, it's, it, again, it's, it's a trust thing. You're taking somebody into your baby that you've built up. Um, but the way I've done it, I, I take a lot of large dogs and physically, I'm a few years over 50, um, my body can't take it on my own anymore. So I need, I need someone young and enthusiastic and, you know, don't rush it. And it does. It, it will work out. Well, I'm going to leave you on that positive note. And uh, before my internet connection completely crashes <laughs> and completely lose you, <laughs> thank you for um, joining me and thank you for your time. This will be um, going out as a podcast. It's live within the group as well, so it can be watched back if, if people want to, but um, it'll be going out as a podcast in a few weeks' time as well. So thank you very much. Take care. Okay. All right.